Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about One X by Three Days Grace, released in 2006 under Jive Records, and my guest is Nick. What's up, guys? Hey, Nick. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm just drinking one of these delicious drinks you uh, made for me here. Oh, they're they're pretty fucking awesome. Um, see how early on I swear <laughs> <laughs> it comes it's out. It's the liquor. <laughs> it's the liquor. <laughs> and, you know, Nick, I think out of all the guests that I've had so far, you're the guest I've known the longest. I've known you for almost 26 years because you're my older brother. That's correct. So older brother and favorite child of the family. <laughs> yeah, <can>. sure. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, you might have heard uh, my younger brother, Ethan, help me out on episode three when we talked about Abbey Road by the Beatles. So did you just hear that? And you were like, I got to get in on this action. That was pretty much it. I was like, I can't let Ethan upstage me. He's already going to be the successful actor of the family so i gotta get in here and reestablish my place as the number one number one son <laughs> that's it number one son or number one child both oh, let's be real <laughs> but obviously like you and i are pretty tight we also share i would think um a pretty like similar taste in music for yeah. the most part but you've got a pretty eclectic taste i find and uh what i think i rem- know most about our relationship is that i end up showing you music that you <laughs> that you were like yeah this is really good and then three weeks later you show it back to me with uh, no prior knowledge that i ever showed it to you in the first place so i've been told that by a few people and yeah notoriously i'll, I'll hear a song and pretend it's mine and then share it back with people like it was something i found myself so but it's not guilty because every time i send you a good song and you're like yo this is fucking awesome and then you're like wait a minute have you heard this uh i was just waiting i was waiting for a text on the dua lipa song yeah i actually almost did that today because i was telling staff how good it was and i was like hey did you hear like this song i found i was like wait a minute Kiara actually <laughs> i guess i'm just a credit stealer what are you really into what was what's like your favorite type of music yeah see it's tough because i've never had a favorite genre to be honest with you i think for me, I listen to different types of music depending on what I'm doing. So, and what mood I'm in. Like, I'll be listening to, if I'm at the gym, it's usually like heavy screamo music or like EDM. If I'm like at the cottage, I like country music. And then sometimes I like listening to indie if it's just like more chillaxed. There isn't really a genre of music that I don't like. It just really depends on what my mood is. That's good though. You got to be open minded when it comes to music. Otherwise, what's the point? Back when you and I were kids too, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from you in life in general. Um, however, one of the things I learned how to do was, illegally download music that was probably (laughs) say that i mean we purchased it (laughs) but we also used uh you know things like limewire things like kazaa yeah back in the day and we downloaded a lot of music videos Mm -hmm. and um we talked about in episode five um blink 182's enema of the state yep yeah i listened to that so i remember that yeah yeah, and how a lot of blink 182 songs uh some 41 shaggy the survivor theme song we had on a mixtape once i don't remember why we had that (laughs) but i remember it being the opening track to one of our mixtapes and i was like this is weird but like yeah it's like weird flex but okay (laughs) yeah well that's the thing right it's always been kind of a weird mix of music like even i remember we had those ytv albums that we would listen to which were just such a random mix of like the weirdest shit it had the hamster song yeah the hamsters yeah (laughs) and then there was like the songs like was that the hamster song i think that is yeah yeah they had like the weirdest shit ever it's like that had a daphne and celeste ugly on it too ugl prozac yeah man all the prozac songs all the prozac songs yeah but we like i think that was a lot of the way that we uh were able to combine some of our musical tastes but i did take a lot of what you listened to and integrated into my musical knowledge as well so again going back to somebody like blink 182 i really only listened to because you listened to blink 182 mm-hmm. and it was the same way i feel like with three days grace which happens to be the album we're talking about today so i'm so excited to get into it with you so what we need to do before we start talking in depth about the album is i just want to level set with a little bit of history on who three days grace is for those of our listeners who might not know it's just a good way for them to get to know what the band is all about and a little bit about the album in general so do you mind if i take 30 seconds and review a little drunk history with you let's do it that took you really long to answer. <laughs> 
Okay, Three Days Grace. They are a Toronto-based post-grunge band. Their current lineup includes Neil Sanderson, who plays drums, Brad Walst on bass, Barry Stock on lead guitar, and Matt Walst, Brad Walst's brother, on lead vocals. But the most well-known lineup is the one that we grew up with, which was Adam Gontier on lead vocals. And he exited the band in 2013, but he was the primary writer on the album we're talking about today, which is 1X. They released their first studio album in 2003 under Jive Records, and the singles here were absolutely fucking massive. So I hate everything about you, just like you and home, which like are angry fucking songs. I feel like a lot of them, to be honest with you, are pretty angry overall. Like yeah, when you when you listen, like even listening to this album again, that was the gist I got from it. Like there's definitely some common themes to these. And you can tell, especially when Adam was writing, he had uh, a couple themes in mind. <laughs> Maybe just like a small chip on his shoulder. So the album itself, it was their self-titled album. It received mixed reviews from critics, but it allowed them to gain a lot of uh, popularity and gain a fan base in Canada, but also in the US. In 2005, though, uh, Gontier actually checked himself into rehab and he was actually at the Canadian Mental Health Center, like Cam H in Toronto, checking himself in for an addiction to Oxycontin. And while he was in rehab, that's when he started to write the songs for 1X. So as you're listening to 1X, you can imagine somebody who's going through the 12-step program and somebody who has had an addiction to a drug like Oxycontin, the perspective that they might have and also how um, scary and frustrating and, I don't know, like angry they must be. Um, And you definitely feel that, I think, in the record. It was released in 2006 after he got out of rehab. um, And the singles here were also big songs. Animal I Have Become, Never too late pain and riot and i was also actually pleased when i was doing my research to learn that um gontier returned to cam age and he performed with the band songs from one x as like a thank you to the people who worked there and the patients that were there as well and this has been their most successful album to date animal i have become was actually the number one rock song played in canada in 2006 that's that's three days grace i miss adam gontier though like i really do like i was trying to listen to their new stuff today and it just and like it shows how important the front man is like it's the same thing with blink like even though like i saw them when they came back with tom you saw them yeah at the molson amphitheater and i mean they've still like you hear the songs the music's there but there's just something about having a different front man like even besides the voice it's just different energy like this guy adam had such like energy like you could just hear the anger in his voice and i think it gave them something that set them apart i remember i remember talking to somebody who was saying as soon as the lead singer leaves like not that the lead singer should be worth more to the band than than anybody else but when the lead singer leaves it's a totally different sound yeah so it's like people talk about like do you remember the movie joe dirt yes yeah do you remember when he's like oh yeah he's like i like van halen van halen not van hagar yes like you have a distinction between the the front man and it's like when they did that um the show uh like rockstar and in excess was looking for a new lead singer because michael hudgens had died you can't replace like you're never gonna be able to replace them so you can sing the songs as much as you want but like everybody knows like with blank they want to hear tom everybody knows with three days grace they want to hear adam the way i look at it is like bands are almost brands at the end of the day and like when you change something that's that crucial to the overall sound of a band you're changing the brand it's like it's not something that people knew and love like you're now taking something away that made that band and it's like okay this sounds nothing like what I like the, the, everything's completely different like I know you're arguing okay every brand, band like every member has a pivotal role but you could change the guitarist to an extent I and mean, people unless, wouldn't know unless they're just one of these insane guitarists that's like not replicable but yeah a guitarist you probably aren't going to tell a drummer you're probably not going to be able to tell but yeah when it's that dis- especially when they have a very distinct voice that's hard to copy or emulate which is the case with so many of these bands oh yeah totally absolutely so now, we've talked about what Three Days Grace is. Nick, the drink that we're drinking today is called Awaiting Grace, tied in right to the name of the band. God, that's clever. So if any of you want to get in kind of this, you know, 2006 post-grunge mood, this drink is very easy to make. It's got one and a half shots of vanilla vodka, one shot of Cointreau. You top it up with apple juice, basil, and lime and add some ice and you're good to go. 
Yeah, it's not grungy at all. It tastes absolutely amazing. I'm pretty much already done my first one and it's been maybe like what? Yeah, and I guess minutes. as that came out of my mouth, I was like, I feel like if it was maybe black or something. Yeah, we like, should put some food coloring in here and make it look a little more intense. some more gothy. You can't even, you're right, you can't taste any alcohol, so this is yeah, going to be I'm gonna bad. Yeah, be slamming these and just be pissed drunk. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Nick, I think we're good. We figured out exactly who Three Days Grace is and we've discussed obviously how much we miss Adam Gontier. We figured out the drink that we're drinking today and obviously we enjoy it. So I think we're ready to get talking about the album what do you think let's do it it's 2006 nick you're yep. 15 years old god that seems like forever ago what grade what, what would that be as a like grade 10 grade yeah nine, grade, grade, grade 9 grade 10 yeah so you're in high school yeah just the coolest kid in school obvi both of us <laughs> i was I mean, a nerd back i was then. gonna say I was like, <laughs> neither of us held that title so what is your relationship with Three Days Grace. How did you start listening to them? And then specifically, how did you start listening to 1X? Yeah, to be I think the very first time I heard Three Days Grace, funny enough, was in that Hillary Duff movie <laughs> that we watched. Was it I Raise knew Your Voice? you were going to bring that up. Raise Your Voice, Raise right? Your Voice. Yeah, yeah. So that was the very first time. I don't know. I still don't know what the context was, like why the hell they were playing in this movie, I guess. Oh, she was at a concert before brother, the brother died, right? Yes. Okay, so cry. spoiler yeah, alert, yeah, okay. first of all. But well, no one's going to go and watch Raise Your Voice. <laughs> so, for, so Raise Your Voice is like a Hillary Duff classic. Essentially, Hillary Duff plays this girl who wants to be a singer and she ends up sending an audition tape or sorry her brother on her behalf sends an audition tape of her like singing right. to this music school this like very prestigious music school or whatever but before he does that he it's like his graduation or whatever and there's like a party and she gets him tickets to three days grace but he's grounded right and he's like oh i can't go to three days grace but then they sne- they sneak out of the house and they go see three days grace and three days grace is literally them yep. performing but then on the way back they get in a massive car accident and the brother and dies. dies and it's, it's pretty real it's terrible <laughs> Too real. real but anyway so that was the first time you you heard the like because they play home and are you ready and right? are you ready and yeah. are you ready i think was like the, the song i remember from that movie and i was like oh i gotta check these guys out like i really like this song so that was that was it and then also uh childhood friend tyler who you and i both know pretty closely he actually was a huge fan of three days grace so oh, i didn't know that yeah so not so much with one x but their original like their namesake album three days grace yeah. he showed me that album and he actually really got me into it as well so for me because it's so angry that was the kind of music at the time i loved listening to in the gym and it's funny because now thinking back like when I was 15 grade 9 grade 10 that's when I started getting into fitness and starting to go to the gym more seriously and I think that was really the soundtrack to getting in more involved with that side of my life and like getting into fitness and like wanting to be big and that whole thing I just tie it really to that album so would you would you consider it like as a, a motivation piece when you were at the gym to listen to this kind of music absolutely I mean like there's certain songs and we'll get into it obviously more but like pain was like the one that I think of right away like I just when you listen to the lyrics you're kind of like it, it bodes well with what you're doing in the gym because your muscles are obviously just screaming you're like oh this this hurts and then like the song he's going in the background he's like pain can't get enough and you're like yeah <laughs> it's like i'm gonna keep doing these squats and just get jacked baby <laughs> pick things up and put them down exactly and they're heavy. <laughs> I, I wrote down raise your voice as well so i'm glad you brought that up first looking back on it you and i probably didn't listen to three days grace until that movie came out so that makes sense and i feel like that movie was like 2004 yeah, it's pretty old, early early new millennium for sure. Oh yeah, so that makes sense. Definitely, I only really listen to them because you also listen to them. So that's how I learned about like I hate everything about you, yeah. and because I was an avid much music fan, their music videos were played All constantly, especially yeah. with this album because the singles were so massive. A story that I wanted to share was actually last Canadian Music Week. I went to the Horseshoe Tavern, and it was like it was one of those weird fluky things because it was just like a Saturday night, and I was just kind of like bored, and I was at home, and I was like, oh, like I kind of want to go out, but like nobody was around. 
around and I love going to the Horseshoe Tavern. So I was like, well, I'll just go. They always have music. Like I'll buy the ticket at the door and figure it out. And it's Canadian Music Week. So it'll be like somebody cool. Yeah. I went and then I remember the second opener was this Canadian musician. Her name is Sky Wallace, super talented. And she was like performing. And then she was like, oh, so are you guys ready to see Adam Gontier? And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like. Adam Gontier is headlining like no fucking way I was like freaking out and then yeah sure enough so she finishes her set and then whatever he comes on but he came out and he sounded like amazing maybe like raspier than normal he's yeah. got a pretty raspy voice he to does begin in with. general yeah but I remember he played uh, a lot of his like original like Adam Gontier songs after like you know post three days grace era or whatever but then he played his closer was never too late which he played completely he played the whole thing acoustic acoustic, the whole show was completely acoustic and i was just like that like hit so hard so it kind of brought back all of the memories from like 2005 2006 for me where i was like i was listening to these songs too and like i wasn't going to the gym and listening to them like you were i think more so that's like where i listen to them now right it was just cool to like be in the situation where it was like a lot of other people who are around our age who remember listening to this at that specific time and what i like about three days grace is that like they're like these other post-grunge bands so the post-grunge era is obviously like 2000 to 2005 ish and so bands at that time were like bush and creed and nickelback and stuff like that so i'm like they're just like a emo angry nickelback yeah no it's funny you said that actually because that's even what i was thinking i was like what was i listening to at the same time when i was listening to this and i don't know if it is the exact same time but that was when nickelback was angrier i think too and they had like there was that one song where it was like about like the guy like beating his mom because he was like an alcoholic i can't remember the name never again never again by nickelback where it's like never again i've seen you before but not like this do you know that song it sounds anyway it's like super angry is that in the video is there a video for it i don't know if there is but i just remember that and like i think it's around the same time frame and it was like interesting yeah it's just funny that you brought and that it's up. like angry and like super and like very grungy yeah very different than the nickelback now well nickelback now is like a joke yeah, that's yeah. The i mean thing. they've always kind of been a joke but even more so but they have <laughs> like i will maintain like you know what like i talk about it my friend bonnie who's i've talked about on the podcast before i'm like both of us would like spend a lot of time in, in university just like watching music videos from yeah. nickelback like we actually really enjoyed like a lot of the songs and like you can't beat something like um what's the big one uh uh i've been down uh, I've oh, been down, been uh, to the bottom yeah, of yeah, every yeah. bottle. What's that one? How you remind? No. How you remind me? Is this is how, how you remind me. This is how. Yeah. yeah. This is how. Yeah, yeah. I love it. it. It's also cool. Like I was listening to Billy Talent recently, and Billy Talent and a lot of the post grunge scene. They wrote a lot of their songs in in a drop d tuning so when you play in drop d everything kind of sounds for lack of a better word like edgier and spookier yep. because it turns it, it's, it's easier to transition through power chords and three days grace was like huge into the drop d and it was also like the power chord era like all the bands at that time were playing with those power chords yeah like playing some 41 like Foo fighters like were fighters. in that yeah. yeah absolutely the one thing though i did like even listening to the album driving in or like a little bit at home today the songs that i like the most on the album seem to follow progression of they start off almost slow with acoustic like it's yeah. a slow acoustic build up and then they go into like the heavier stuff so it's almost like it's it's weird because you like they kind of like lull you into it and then boom it's like the heavy comes out and i think yeah. that's what i like about it and that's that's interesting that you said when you saw him at horseshoe tavern he, he played all acoustic because i think he actually would be talented enough that it could carry it through being completely acoustic oh absolutely um, but it is still good like both ways for sure yeah and i think no matter which way you hear it so whether it's acoustic or whether it's the more hardcore version of things like the the serious issues in the song definitely shine through and yeah. this album doesn't 
sugarcoat anything. So from, you know, Adam Gontier's addiction, um, there's like uh, themes of suicidal thoughts, self-harm. Um, one of the videos for It's Never Too Late is a commentary on uh, child molestation and the effects after that. So it's not like a happy album. It's not a sunshine album. No. It's not a sunshine album. And so when I choose to listen to this album, like usually it's because I'm pissed off about something. Like somebody's like... Angst. Yeah, angst. Angst. It's all the <laughs> angst and I'm angry or I'm in traffic. You can scream this shit. Yep. What's interesting to me is like the the grunge era. So people like Nirvana and Pearl Jam. That was a generation that was angry because th- there was a lot of things going on politically at that time that they needed music to give them an answer that they weren't getting from the government. In our time, I feel like you see that more today than you would have in early 2000s. I mean, we're also older now, which I think plays a part in it. Like back then you think, I mean, I would have been 15. So you would have been what, 12? Like how many yeah. how many problems do you really have at that? I mean, I, okay, fine. High school is tough for some people, but yeah. it's not the same problems you're facing today where now it's like, okay. I can't afford anything. Like just my to, mortgage just to is breathe, killing me. Just to breathe, it seems like is gonna empty your bank out sometimes. Yeah, so yeah like the '90s were tough for different reasons and stuff. But yeah, no, I can totally see that. I just think it's because we were younger. Like you're, you almost live in a state of bliss because you don't have the same issues that you're going through as you're but older, I think right? so I think you and I were lucky enough to be in that state of bliss but there are yeah. some people who definitely weren't like you said for, some, sure. for some people high school was a shitty experience and yeah. they really didn't like it and they probably these songs maybe spoke to them more even if they weren't dealing with something like addiction they were dealing with something that like allowed them to feel some sort of um catharsis from yeah and from I mean this album. the other thing too like mental health's a big thing that's in the spotlight now but yeah. back then it wasn't as much so I feel like oh, this yeah, album totally. for people going through shit it probably was a bit of an outlet and like it was taboo to come out and say like oh i'm depressed even whereas back then like listening to albums like this and i feel like even eminem to an extent like that's why music like that is so popular because back when mental health was taboo it was just an outlet for people like they could listen to it and you feel better because you either like you get it out you're like oh so I, like, I can relate to this i'm going yeah. through the same kind of shit and feelings and it's like i can scream this out loud and it's not just me that's why i like emo man yeah <laughs> that's exactly why okay well i think we've covered a lot of things i think we're ready to get into some of the songs that we really love but uh before we do that your glass is empty oh, and yeah, that's and just not right i need a refill so I think we're going to take a little break. We're going to get our refill. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the songs that we really love off of 1X. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Always just, wanted to do that. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> yeah, for anybody who's a fan of the Z105 sketch on SNL. Which should was, be everyone. Which should be everybody. Yes, agreed. All right. And we are back indeed. As Nick said, we're going to get into some of the songs that we really love listening to. So Nick, right off the top here, can you hit me with your favorite song off of one X? Honestly? Yeah. So it's hard because I, I do love honestly, like 90% of this album. Like there isn't a song there's like, there isn't one that I would skip. Um, but favorite I'd have to say it's actually get out alive. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Let's start there. What is it that you like about get out alive? So for me, because I, I already mentioned, like, I like the song that has, like, a slow build and kind of comes up and it's almost like the climax at the end. And the reason I like this one is it's kind of, like, spooky at the beginning. Like, yeah. I don't know if you remember the beginning, but it almost sounds like a Halloween kind of, like, guitar riff that yeah, they're playing. Yeah, it's like... It's like very slow and kind of like ominous. Yeah. And then it like breaks out into the like get out alive and then get out. Like he does like the high pitch. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna do it because my voice is gonna crack, but he does like That's that. That's the false one that goes like if you wanna get out yeah. alive, better run, run for your life. Yeah, yeah, I really like that song. And like I mean, I was gonna say Animal I've become, but I didn't want to be that guy that's like, Oh, I like the most popular song on the album. To be fair, that's usually the way these conversations go. Yeah. So you would not have been that guy. But I appreciate you picking a deep cut break the status quo here i love it yeah um it's interesting so get out alive is actually one that's on my skip list 
Mm. Um, and I think it's because <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think it's because it was weird for me listening to it and not having the like to me it didn't sound like Adam Gontier, right? Because I was missing the kind of like like he's he screams so hard in these songs yeah. or sorry he doesn't scream but he sings so hard that his voice breaks and there is that raspiness. Yes, and in this because it's more of a gentler melody and because it's more acoustic i didn't get that i think the actual hook itself is is very very catchy i kind of felt like um i wasn't really listening to three days grace i'm like this isn't three days grace's dna but again if it had been another artist singing this i feel like i maybe would like it more but it was just because i had listened to like this is track seven on the record yep. so i'd listen to six songs where adam gontier is like singing with such like passion and yep, like and anger and anger and his voice is breaking and it's like so aggressive and raw and then it gets to this one which is a little bit more gentler and i agree I love me some spooky things. So it definitely was spooky and I appreciated that, but it just wasn't, definitely just wasn't my favorite. To your earlier point of looking at Three Days Grace as a brand, this was an off-brand song. Yep. No, you know, right. so I think that's what kind of where I was like, meh, like I won't, I don't need to listen to this. I can get this kind of spookiness from another band. But anyways, hey, I appreciate, again, appreciate you starting with, starting out with a deep cut. Most people just go straight for the hits. Yeah. So but I am going to go straight for the hits, to be honest with you. Does deep cut, see, this is how I know I'm not big in the music industry. Does that mean like something deeper in the album? Deep cut? What a is deep it? cut is essentially like not a single. Got it. Okay. So when something's released as a single, it's played on the radio and everybody knows it. Right. So yes, a deep cut is a song that is not a single off an album. And it's one that's like you're not like a bandwagon fan, basically. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Okay. Yeah, we are, you're jumping on. There's like you watch The Office, right? Yeah. So there's a part like where they go roller skating, and Andy is there, and he, the roller skating guy, is like, "Hey man, like it's just you in here. Like, do you have any requests or whatever?" And he was just like, "Dave Matthews Band, Deep Cuts, No Hits." <laughs> and then the guy plays the song "Ants Marching." Okay. And then Andy's like pissed off because that's the single. That's a big popular. It's one. a big popular one. He's like, "I said no hits," and then he ends <laughs> up like dancing to it anyways, and he loves it. See that joke went right over my head because I had no idea what he was talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's like now I, I know I learned something today. See, that's good. deep cut <laughs> okay so I I will go back and I, I actually am going to start with a hit because I think the experience I had seeing Adam Gontier live was the reason why I love this song so much especially you know in the last couple of years but I'm gonna have to go with never too late as my okay. favorite song off of the record I like it because yes this album is dark and it's a little bit depressing and it's a little bit scary but this song has a lot of hope in it the lyrics are like maybe we'll turn it around because it's not too late it's never too late yeah so no matter what is going on in your life as bad as things might seem and like hey like Adam Gontier was fucking addicted to Oxycontin like in rehab like probably thought his career and his life was over as he know as he knows as he knew it as he knew it probably thought his career was over as he knew it and yet he was able to offer that point of hope to himself but it's also about offering that to somebody else who's maybe struggling and like being being able to be that kind of person for somebody so he says like I've left alone everything that I own to make you feel like it's not too late it's never too late support can be frustrating because sometimes you can do that you can literally leave everything that you own for a person to try and help them through something and sometimes it doesn't work or sometimes they don't want your help but you still do it because you love that person and you you respect that person and you are a friend or your family member or you're in a relationship like whatever um the music video itself is pretty fucked because it deals with child molestation essentially so knowing that I was a little bit like I'm surprised that this is my favorite song but I think it's the honesty factor and the passion that he sings within the song that makes it my favorite and see I actually didn't know that that was the background of the song I, I because of his like drug addiction I actually thought that's what he was writing about like he was talking someone off the ledge who was potentially a drug addict and felt like they had no way out I didn't know there was that child molestation 
So uh, it's the, it. the drug addiction piece. Sorry. So the drug addiction piece is definitely still a factor in it. But the music video in particular, that's what they focused on. Okay. So I actually don't know the background as to why they chose that route for the music video. But it's very clear in the music video that that's what happened. Yeah. I, was gonna, I guess the reason it makes sense that they can do it that way, because a lot of these themes that they bring up in his music, it can be applied to like mental health issues. They're all going through the same things. It's just the cause of it might be different. Like for one totally. person, it could be the drug addiction. For someone, it could be something as traumatic as molestation. Hopefully not, but it could be right. So but at the end of the day, what they're battling with is entirely the same so it, it actually makes sense why they may have chosen that because all the other themes have been more around drug addiction but the reality is people are like feeling those same things totally and i think today too this song is much more impactful i was reading up about it and in 2006 when the song came out a lot of radio stations didn't play it and when they did play it they would actually um, there was like an alternate version where instead of saying huh, um if you want to end your life was it that line yeah, yeah they took that out and it would said like uh still you want to say you want to change your life oh uh, like and, and again like do i hate that the, the alternate version like no probably not but it, i'm sure there were times in adam gontier's life where he did think that that was maybe a way out so in this song he's saying no he's like you know what like i'm gonna be there for you and i'm gonna give you an option and that's not that yeah um so i appreciated that song for sure which one do you want to talk about next which one did you really like you want to go to uh, jump to animal i've become let's do it that's yeah, a hit that is the hit that's a single what do you like about animal i've become so for me, I mean, going back to when I first started listening to Three Days Grace, this was the one that I'd be turning up max volume and kind of listening to when I was in the gym because it just it just pumps you up. Like you hear this song, there's the bass line, like it's just instantly recognizable. As soon as you hear that bass line in the beginning, you're like, oh, this is Animal I've Become. I don't know what it is, but it just gets you like, even listening on the way over in the car, like you just get so amped up. Because I listen to it in those moments, my mind just goes to it. Like I hear that song and it's like, oh, like we're about to do something crazy. Like that's, I don't know, that's the feeling I get from it. Yeah, I'm with you. I wrote down Holy Baseline Batman. Because yeah. like, yeah, that baseline is fucking amazing. Um, do you find though, like when you're, because it gets you hyped up, but it's, if you actually listen to the lyrics, it's not like, it's pretty like raw and uh, upsetting. So like you, do you find like you hear more of the, the music part of it than the lyrics part of it? Yeah. I think that's something with every song I listen to. I'm more of like a music person than a lyric person. Like there's been times when I honestly will not, like I can listen to music when I'm working and turn out lyrics entirely and just listen to the music itself. And I think. Even I, if you're I, singing along to it. Yeah. Even, like, like it, it, yeah. Even if I sing along, like sometimes I'll be singing things and not even really picking up on what the meaning could be because I'm just focusing on the music and I'm like the, the, the lyrics are part of it, but I'm not really interpreting what they necessarily even mean. It, it's hard right. to explain, but I'm just, yeah, it's more the, the music, the, the musical element of it that I'm, that I'm listening to. Like what, what I'm curious though, like you're saying it has a deeper side or like a darker side. It does have a darker side because again, if you, if you actually listen to the lyrics of the song, like yeah. he's, he talks about, he's like, I can't escape this hell. Like somebody like help me tame this animal that I've become so in that instance knowing Gontier's history with um, addiction the animal he's become is this drug addicted self that he's trying to get away from so I'm with you where I'm like I hear it and I'm like I can appreciate the baseline I can appreciate the hardcore elements of it I will sing it sometimes if I'm like like I have music on constantly right so yeah sometimes like animal I have become or pain or never too late will come on and I'll just be singing it without even thinking about it yeah. but um, when I did listen to it for today's recording session I was a little bit like this one kind of hurts just because yes as catchy and maybe catchy is not the right word but as easy as it is to sing there is still like it's hard for me to separate the undertone from yeah it. yeah yeah but it's hey it's a great song i actually had it as more of like a neutral song for me it wasn't my favorite off the record but it's one that i would listen to again for sure do you remember the music video for yes. this song yeah because i actually so i i briefly remembered it and i actually watched it before i came over and i think that really illustrates the point of this song like you can just see he's got like the demon eyes every time he looks at himself in the mirror 
he's like scared of what he's become like the very opening of it he's like lying in bed and then his like, like demon self has pinned him down it's yeah. like he can't escape his own thoughts or like whatever's going on in his head but i think for me and the reason maybe i didn't interpret that from it is like when i hear animal i become again this is me 15 years old listening to it in the gym i'm like oh i'm a beast i'm an animal like that's an that, animal. i'm an absolute animal in the gym. like that's how i interpreted it so i was like oh i'm becoming an animal like i'm just getting swole in the gym like Get that's swole. i that that like that that serious undertone to me was probably completely lost at the time side tangent you remember the rob schneider movie the animal yes yeah that Where was great he becomes animals does he not or he has like animal instincts he or has something? animal instincts yeah and I, yeah he is might that what really you can fast. do it well, that's like every Adam Sandler movie. That guy just makes a cameo and he comes into every movie at some point with Adam Sandler and he's like, you can do it. But it's not, but that, sorry, is it like, Rob Schneider saying that line or Adam Sandler? Um, It is Rob Schneider, I think, isn't it? Oh, okay. So then he wouldn't have said it in his own movie. Actually, yeah. I actually can't remember what that's from. Oh, but it's... That's going to bother me now. I don't know. Later. Now that when you were like, oh, I'm an animal, I was like, oh, Rob <laughs> Schneider. He hasn't done anything lately. He's terrible. I'm sorry. Like, he's the worst. What about the hot chick? That okay. was such a good movie. <laughs> Do you remember we watched The Hot Chick with Bubshi for the first time, our grandmother? No, I don't remember that. The first time we watched that movie was with Bubshi. Okay. She was babysitting us and we got it at the video store. Really? Yeah. And it wasn't like PG-13. Like it was PG, but like still it was uncomfortable. That was a good movie though. Anyways, major side tangent. Animal have become. Okay. So we've talked about that one. I think I want to talk about a deep cut on my end and that would be over and over. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I love this one so much is because I really did pay attention to the lyrics on this one. Like most of the notes I have on it are because I think the lyrics are so amazing. Like he's obviously very frustrated. So this song is like, I keep coming back to you, like no matter what happens, whatever. And if you heard the song out of context, you would be like, oh, it's like kind of like a like a love song almost like no matter like no matter what happens, I keep going back to you. He says, like, why do I do this over and over? I fall for you, um, but I try not to. So if you didn't know about the history with Adam's um, like Oxycontin addiction, you might just think he's talking about like a girl, like an ex-girlfriend, like whatever. But it's because the codependency piece of it is so real. And he says, like, I try to live without you, but every time I do, I feel dead. I know what's best for me and I know I want you instead. And then like there's like a string section that comes in and like there's like violins and shit and it's just got so many different levels and I just think it was a very very strong song overall and I'm trying to think of like how the chorus goes because I remember the like over and over over and over but I can't remember what the next part is um over and over, over and over, I fall for you. For our listeners, that was me. <laughs> Just like that. Doing it. <laughs> Nailed it. That song, I really like the opening riff. And there's a lot of songs they have very unique opening riffs too. And I think that's one of the things overall I like about them. Like you can instantly tell, even though I find his voice, he, he obviously can sound very similar across tracks. Just based on the opening, I can almost tell you which song it is. Just See, from the opening riff. I found that funny because I, as soon as I heard the beginning, when we were you and I just listened to it, like right now it reminded me of um billy talent has a song called pins and needles i don't yeah, know if you know that song yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of reminded bit. me of that a little bit like when as soon as i played it i was like did i hit the wrong song but i'm like no this is this is over and over this is three days grace at the end of the day you can have hardcore bands who are maybe all about like the screaming and all about the anger or whatever but i'm like when it comes down to musicality three days grace clearly clearly knew how to write good songs as well and ones that um meant a lot to people both from the lyrics perspective and then also for you who's more about the music perspective so that's definitely one of my favorites that's a deep cut that's a deep cut uh what do you got next what else do you like uh next up i'll have to go with pain big tune yeah 
huge tune. That's I think that's probably one of the most memorable ones I would say for me on this album. Like after Animal, I become obviously just because it was so overplayed, um, but Pain really stood out for me too. Oh, absolutely! I remember this one being on much music like constantly. The video I can distinctly remember. Um, the song itself, like Pain without love, Pain can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's amazing. Not, you sound just like him. I sound just like Adam. It's amazing. Um, but what is it that you like about the song? Why is it one of your favorites? Again, see, for me, because it's not the like the lyrics I find now listening to them. And, and when I tried to pay closer attention, they sound very similar. Like it sounds like he's singing a lot of the times about that. The fact that he's a drug addict. Like to me, that's what keeps coming out. That's what the whole album's about. It is. Right. And that's what he's battling with. But like I was actually thinking about this again. And like, I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on this. But when you listen to those lyrics, like pain without love, pain can't get enough pain. And basically he's talking about pain and how he just wants to feel something. Yeah. It also sounds like he likes to be dominated. I, that's Just going not in the I, left field on it, but it could be. Not where I went. When I first heard this song, I didn't really like think about the aspect of pain I thought about it more so like knowing he was addicted to drugs I was like well he just wants to be on drugs now that like I've looked into the lyrics more too and I may be like older and I understand things more like people go on drugs to escape pain yeah so him actually wanting to experience pain is kind of a good thing in one respect because that means he would just take oxycontin if he wanted to not feel something yeah but he's like i want to feel the pain of like being alive because there are painful parts of being alive so there's like that aspect to it but then also i was like you can also look at it from the lens of self-harm so people who want to feel something will cut themselves or will do things to themselves to make them feel pain because mm-hmm. they don't want to feel nothing didn't get the dom sub <laughs> didn't get oh, the I dom guess that was sub just me in 2006 <laughs> when i was listening to it i didn't necessarily like think about it as much but now when I'm listening to it, I'm just like, ooh, I don't know if I can sing this one in the car. Yeah, it's weird how you like look back at songs and the meanings of them entirely change as you get older. Because again, like going back, I listened to this song when I was in the gym and I like same as Animal like, Become. I was like, because like you do feel pain when you're in the gym. Like it hurts, yeah. workouts hurt. And you're like, yeah, this is awesome. I feel pain and I want to push through it. So yeah. that's kind of the meaning you take from it without actually realizing it's probably about something a lot deeper than that, right? Which oh, listening absolutely. to it now, you're like, oh yeah, I get it. This guy's dealing with some real shit. He's dealing with some real shit. Um, but it's a good song overall. Can we talk about Riot? Because out of all of the songs, this is the one that reminds me of you the most. Because I think oh, really? you found this one first. I think I was probably listening to like Never Too Late and Pain the most. Mm-hmm. And I think Riot was a later single that you, I think you showed me. Which doesn't really happen nowadays. Usually no, I show you songs. Yeah. But we've talked about on this podcast, we've talked about sad jams. This is a mad <laughs> jam. This is a whole other thing. Like this is pure 90s grunge sorry 90s post grunge mentality like something pisses you off fucking do something about it like and today i think that's also interesting because it's a lot of what our generation is doing our generation i feel like has been very empowered by growing up with this kind of music and if you're looking at something like the revolution that's going on in lebanon right now or the people hong kong yeah or the people protesting the dakota pipeline like this is our generation doing these things and being at the forefront so i think this song was a good precursor to events like that so i just like it i also though like when i was listening to it today he doesn't really fully pronounce the T in riot so it kind of sounds like he's saying let's start a, a Ryan yeah 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 let's no, I remember, start a Ryan yeah I remember he, you're right actually the first time I heard it I didn't know he was saying riot you're right I remember yeah I thought he was saying Ryan the entire time and you're like what's a Ryan yeah. I want <laughs> one start a Ryan <laughs> or like Ryan started the fire <laughs> the difference too with this is I feel like all the other songs are more a personal battle this it's almost like a call to action but it's as a group right like he's saying collectively like let's go out riot but like it's kind of stand out for what you believe in like everyone let's go like let's go yeah. do something about it right let's go start a Ryan let's talk about let it die I'm trying to read through and look at the lyrics because 
because I I'm having trouble figuring out which song. Oh, that's the one where it's like um uh. We had fire yeah. in our eyes in, in the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. It's a slow build again, right? Yeah. Like he starts it off like it's almost like it's not a falsetto, but it kind of is. And I mean, he there's a few songs on here that he definitely like. You can tell he's been crossed or hurt by someone, right? Oh, <laughs> like totally. that's very evident. Like even gone forever. Um, there's just a couple songs on here where he's, it seems like he's written them probably about someone or at least yeah. it seems that way so i mean in this one actually it's a little bit different because it almost seems like he's the one being accused of ending the relationship like i, I think was, i don't even know if he's accused i think he did end the relationship and he's literally like, like trying Fuck to explain you. Like, i don't why. even care about yeah. no but he's like i don't even care like whatever like yeah. he, he or like it come and gone right like it, there was something in the beginning and then now, now it's, it's just gone. yeah because yeah. he he says that like the part that we just sang is probably my favorite part of that song where he talks about like things were great like yeah there was fire in our eyes but it was in the beginning and now yeah. that it's not the beginning and now that it's the end is like i don't feel that same way anymore so like i just don't i just don't care about you anymore and actually he does say that that's one yeah, of the lyrics that's like the lyric yeah i don't care about you anymore yeah and then it gets heavy i also i think i struggled with this one when i was first listening to it because Foo Fighters have a song called Let It Die. Oh, yeah. And, that's and I actually like, like that song better, too. I think honest. I like that song better, too. <laughs> yeah. So when I saw this one, I was just like, is it as good as the Foo Fighters song? Because the Foo Fighters one has so many levels and it's so acoustic. And then all of a sudden, Dave Grohl just screams his heart out. I think, too, because like most people write songs about like when somebody, like you said, when somebody wrongs them, somebody's yeah. been hurt in their life and somebody leaves them or like whatever. In this case, like Adam is fully owning up to the fact that like, yeah, you know what? Okay, things were cool. Yeah, he's the one who fucked it up in this case. Or maybe not fucked it up, but just. But he just, he's like, it's not working. So yeah. he's like, I, I don't literally don't care. Like, I'm just going to move on with my life and like, let this die. Like, I'm, I have no problem with that because I do not care. I appreciated that because you don't hear that that often in music. Okay. So let's talk. It's all over because I loved it. You and don't like no, it. That's a total skip for me. So this is, this is the first song off the record. Yeah, I know. And I, even as I was listening to it this time, like I, one, I didn't even remember it. I was like, I, like I saw the title and I was like, I, I don't know this song and I was listening to it. Yeah. It just does nothing for me. So you don't get hyped when he's like, it's all over for you. No, really? I don't know. Yeah, Interesting. no. Ironically, it's the first song. Like when you go on Spotify and look at this album, the first song and the last song is 1X. And neither of them I love. <laughs> I don't, 1X for me is kind of like a neutral, but it's yeah, all over. It I actually like, liked. Okay. Because yeah. it came in hot. It was like, this is an album about addiction. The needle is breaking your skin and the scars are sinking in or something. Or like the opening lyrics. Like he's he's just giving it. He's like, this is what this album's going to be about. Yeah. Is this the one where it has a weird opening and it's like... Yeah, it's kind of like staticky almost. And I think that's what... Because I was listening to this actually at work one time too and like it separates the music in either of your headphones. Like, you know how sometimes you can have one headphone in and one out and it doesn't capture the whole song? Yeah, split audio. Yeah, and I thought I was having like a stroke. So I was like, okay, I can only hear like parts of this song and it was like coming in and out. I don't know. I just, yeah, this was one I, I when it comes up, I would always skip it. Are there any more that you really love that you want to talk about? Honestly loved, no. Okay, so why don't we talk about some of the songs that we really don't like? You cool if we switch over? Yeah. Love it. Okay, so what's a song that you really don't like? Uh, For me, it's one X is probably the one I dislike the most on this whole album because that's again it's that's the thing because i don't listen to the lyrics it's just i listen to a song and either get a feeling from it or i don't like it's hard to explain okay. right and it's there's just certain songs and i'll listen to them and, and like i listen to this whole album a few times and it's just one of the ones that i just never really felt anything from i just 
whenever it came on, I was like, ah, I listened to like the first 10 or 15 seconds and then I would skip through it. Does it just like fade into the whole album? Like it just kind of becomes a part of the album, but you wouldn't like necessarily seek it out to Ex- listen to on exactly, its own? Exactly. Okay. Like if I was listening through it, I'd probably maybe let it play in the background. I wouldn't actively go and get rid of it, but it was just, yeah, nothing like with the other songs, there'd be parts of it or lyrics even that I'd pick out from it and be like, yeah, I like this or like guitar riffs or certain things yeah. that are memorable. But if you ask me to even name a lyric from this song, I don't think I could tell you. Yeah, I I would kind of agree with you. I don't like I don't hate this song too much, but it's also not one of my favorites. I think I can appreciate the fact that it's an anthem for the outcasts because he says, you know, he's like, we get knocked down, we get back up and we stand above the crowd. And this is something that I feel like three days grace as a band does very well. They're able to appeal to the people who feel like they're not represented or who do feel like they're an outcast from society and for whatever reason that might be. So if I was in that kind of situation where I felt like I didn't really have anybody or I had nobody to turn to or I needed something to like believe in, I might lean towards one X more and it makes sense that they would end the album with that song because it's obviously a very heavy album but it's almost like that one last song to give those people who are probably in that same place some hope and it's like hey buddy you're not alone in this like everyone goes through some shit everyone feels down now and then and yeah you just gotta like kind of try to pick yourself up as best you can and get through it right yeah and that's the the whole um like if if you're an avid three days grace fan you know obviously the album art for this album is like uh, a paper cut out of of people and there's like a bunch of check marks yep. on the people but then there's an x on one of them and the album artwork for animal i have become when they released it as a single was this big pile of fish and then the fish are all like red in color but then there's one black fish so it's kind oh, of like know that. so it's kind of like again they're just appealing to the fact that like very literally there's one x so in a group of whatever seven to ten people there's one x and that person is the outsider maybe i'm not the person if i was at a three days grace show i wouldn't be waiting for one x but knowing what other people might be going through and and how much three days grace means to them in the community that they're a part of I could see the the strength and the power in that song knowing some of the other ones were tough and it would almost kind of be a nice conclusion to the outcome of his entire time in rehab and like coming out and being clean again like it's it almost summarizes his journey hopefully where it's like I was that one person like that's he probably yeah. recognizes himself as being that one ex amongst the group and it's like I was able to prevail I kind of cleaned my life and turn my or not clean my life but clean myself up turn my life around and like yeah. you can do it too like totally. you're not alone in it right it's it's definitely hopeful yeah absolutely at this point in the podcast, I believe we are ready to move on to our ratings of the album. What do you say? You good to give it a rating? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I still have like almost half my drink left though. So this has I, been a very efficient do I need podcast. To, do I need to chug this before we give our ratings or how does this work? That's, that's <laughs> up to you. That is up to your own um, discretion. You All do right, you, we'll do you, Nicholas. Okay, so on Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music, we give the albums that we talk about a rating out of five drinks. So in this case, Nick and I have been enjoying... Nick and no. <laughs> you say we've been enjoying. We've been enjoying. <laughs> Nick and I have been enjoying awaiting grace cocktails. So out of five awaiting grace cocktails, I would like you, Nick, to assign a rating between one and five. So if you've got half an awaiting grace or one awaiting grace, it means you hate this record. If you assign it a five, it means you could listen to this album pretty much the rest of your life. Like you're good. It's one of your favorite albums of all time. You love it. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, what are your final thoughts on the record and what would you give it as a rating? Yeah, to be honest, I'm not a big album listener in general. So even when I was kind of thinking, okay, what's a what's an album that I could actually talk about and have listened to most of it and actually have thoughts on a lot of them. So just just by nature of that, I'd give it a four, Um, because for me personally, I'm very like OCD with music and I jump all over the place. Like even as we were talking about originally, I listen to different genres. I very rarely listen to multiple songs from the same artist, let alone the same album. So the fact that I could kind of listen this and it kept my attention throughout the entirety of it i think it'll get four awaiting graces so 
I think my final thoughts on One X by Three Days Grace, released in 2006. Um, they are a band that are incredibly self-aware. They know what they do well. Mm-hmm. So they know that they're going to appeal to people who want to listen to angsty, post-grunge, kind of mad jams. We're going to go back to the mad jams. These are the mad jams. So if I'm angry, I know I want to listen to Three Days Grace. On the flip side of that, I have to be in a particular mood to listen to Three Days Grace. Yeah. It's not going to be one that I can play all the time. I really only want to sing Riot and I really only want to sing Never Too Late and Pain and Get Out Alive and stuff when I'm pissed off. Right. So because of that, I think I'm going to give it a three. And again, we talked about this. There's a perfect after work song. As soon as you're getting in traffic (laughs) and you're like, fuck the 401 three days grace three days <laughs> but literally i'm like but then there's some days where like i get to leave work at 12 and i'm just like there's no traffic and <laughs> yeah. then i'm listening Celebrate to like <laughs> good times come on i'm gonna have to give it a three but i think that's still pretty good i have respect but like if we come back and move to nickelback record i mean like i don't know if i'm gonna give them a three Would you know what's an underrated single? nickelback song Which you're never one? gonna be alone you're never gonna be alone i don't even know that song from this moment on really the only other nickelback song i know is the one where he's like there's a music video and he's a firefighter is it saving me far away that's not far, far away. away yeah he's oh not it a is fire- yeah it is yeah, yeah he's, so a, he's far a firefighter away for far too long yeah he's yeah. a firefighter he's not like chad Somebody not chad else. but like in the music video yeah yeah, yeah. that's a great i love that song uh hold on hero and they say that a hero anyway we're deviating from the song we're deviating but at the end of the day you're gonna give it a four out of five i'm gonna give one x a three out of five this was a fun time i really enjoyed talking about three days grace with you love to have you back one day you know what we should do next time we should go home get our ytv album that has daphne and celeste and hamster dance on it yeah uh, anyways, Nick, thank you so much for coming. I really Not appreciate you coming and talking about One X, Three Days Grace. This is great. We learned about Mad Jams, talked about some heavy topics, but kept it real light, and we got to enjoy some beautiful cocktails in the process. So thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And who knows? Maybe one day uh, Hamster Dance will make its way onto the podcast. But hopefully not. But hopefully not. <laughs> but who knows? But maybe. <laughs>